0: Asia Tech Podcast. Podcast, voice of the Asian tech ecosystem. Welcome to the Asia Tech Podcast. This is the Pitch Tech Asia and I'm your host for today, Gustavo Leo. I'm joined by Vincent Millard. Bonjour Vince, Vincent.
1: Bonjour Gustavo.
0: Did I pronounce it? <laughs> Perfect.
1: You're, b- uh, you're bilingual.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tried to learn French uh, many years back. And uh, it's uh, it's an ongoing struggle.
1: It's just a matter of practice.
0: Yeah, I, I do speak other languages, um, Latin languages, but French is one of mm. the most difficult languages that I you know have to kind of maneuver.
1: For me, English is not easy.
0: Oh, you're, you're perfect. <laughs> we had a conversation before this, and you're okay. totally perfect. So welcome to the show. Thank and you. Thank you very much. It's you know it's a pleasure to have you and get to know a little bit. I'm always very excited when I have an AI. Uh, related company, and in your case, you have a company that is very relevant to um, d- uh, job seekers and hirer, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to start off a little bit to understand your, you know, your background. Um, you you mentioned that you had a consulting firm, hmm, hmm. and yeah. what was the consulting firm?
1: Actually, I was I was working for a consulting group which was specialized in uh, human capital consulting, mm-hmm. and my co-founder actually and I. We spent more than uh, 18 years, 15 years in a consulting group. Oh, wow. So uh, doing hunting and uh, trying to match uh, candidates with hiring managers. And that was, that was our job. And I was leading the, the office in Singapore for five years.
0: And you were doing it by foot, like analog style?
1: Uh, we, we were doing uh, these uh, analysis, personality analysis and uh, search and personality analysis to do the right match between, uh, for, for the right job. Actually, that was our mission.
0: And uh, how were you doing that? Were you like collecting oh, was it based on conversation or were you getting them to a so, form? So
1: based on conversation and also based on a uh, test and um, psychometric test. Yeah. Wow. So the candidates, and it's still the case now, they have to take about a one hour psychometric test to have a profiling, and this profiling is interpreted by a consultant to ensure the right match with a job. Uh, for to recommend for yeah. a position. Yeah.
0: So you were essentially going around and meeting people and, and essentially a typical headhunter uh, yeah. job, getting yeah. people to um, you get to know your candidates and the candidates was essentially providing you with their background. So yeah. they will be matched. At the same time, that is the sort of the supply side, right? Then you've got the demand side which is your customers, the ones that pay you. Yeah.
1: So so like any headhunter you know, you need to fight and get your customers. Yeah,
0: it's a dog-eat-dog dog world. Yeah. And How competitive you have to is It's
1: a very, very competitive, very competitive world. And uh, you need to fight together candidates uh, also and uh, then to to find the right match. So uh, uh, we've been used to this kind of uh, system and we experienced that uh, things could could be done much better. So where Um, are some
0: of the challenges that you found?
1: The big challenge is that, um, uh, first of all, it's um, it's very... um, Time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the business development is very time-consuming, but also the, the the time to find candidates is time-consuming, and then you try to provide these candidates within a process, a hiring process, which is often extremely complex, especially among uh, large groups. You have lots of intermediaries, and you try to uh, place candidates yeah. and to go through these intermediaries. So it's full of um, yeah challenges and also biased. Because mm-hmm. the selection is done, I mean the the the, the headhunter wants to push his candidates to get uh, his fees.
0: Well, tell me about it. The, that guy, right? Essentially, mm-hmm. a lot of the introduction you've got that bias that you talked about, that incentive mm-hmm. um, structure that kind of became instead of just introducing people for a better future, it became this business model where we can take a commission and make money for every success, so then it doesn't matter whether the the, the suitability, obviously suitability is important, but mm. what matters more for the person that is, the human that is actually introducing, making that introduction, is how much money can I make out of it?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, there, there's been a trend which is a contingency trend in mm. the headhunting business, which which um, is, is a bit against the consultative approach mm. of um, uh, the traditional headhunting. So yes, it's true that um, uh, we failed, and that's why I changed also, uh, and and I decided to create Blanc. uh, It's because I think that the the, the traditional business of headhunting can be renewed drastically.
0: Using digital technology. Digital
1: technology, AI, and also new processes.
0: So when did it hit you?
1: Uh, Actually... uh, It started when I was um, in in my company. I was already working in uh, high tech. I was recruiting a lot in cybersecurity, in uh, technology. And I had assignments, uh, head-hunting assignments, and one of them brought me to uh, California. Uh, And in California, by chance, I met uh, this guy uh, who had founded Blanc. He was a Stanford student. And um, the week... When I met this guy in a pizza uh, place at uh, Palo Alto uh, uh, a tra- a rail, uh, railway station, uh, the week I met him, he was uh, decided to to sell his company. So oh wow! What a coincidence! That was a really incredible coincidence, and at almost the same time, I managed to raise fund.
0: So what, what was uh, and to acquire? So what during that time? What what was Blanc doing?
1: Blanc was doing a kind of Tinder for jobs, so matching. People with uh, with a set of jobs on a Tinder-like design application. So that was the initial initial idea, which was a great, great idea.
0: Uh How was it? Was there any AI at all at the at the back, or was it just purely like sort of matching?
1: It was basic matching, tags, etc. It was very simple, Uh, but it was already efficient, and the design of the application was great. And I was seduced by the design and by the idea, yeah. which for me was uh, striking. Even though I knew very well this market, uh, and with a friend we, um, uh, who is uh, working actually was working in Singapore, yeah. uh, and an investor, we decided to acquire.
0: And in fact, that UX/UI is oftentimes what you know. Never mind the under the back-end technology, uh, the first sort of layers of getting investments. Getting customers to validate your product oftentimes relies on that UX, UI, the, yeah. the sleekness and the design yes. of, of yes. how it is. And I think that's what you yes. kind of caught the UI.
1: And also our target is really the hiring manager. Our target is to match hiring manager with candidates. So the UI is extremely important. It has to be very simple, very uh, technology transparent, yeah. and very engaging. So yeah. the Tinder style, like chat, like mad chat, is extremely interesting for hiring managers. It makes the um, the recruitment process quite uh, entertaining. Fun, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And it's also captivating. I mean, look at yeah. how many um, single um, individuals out there are actually swiping left and swiping right. Yeah. Go on a bus, go on a, the train. um, I'm I mean, you can't do it while you're driving, but while <laughs> you're in your bedroom, you're essentially serving left and right and you're you are deciding whether you want to get to know that person, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and you can engage directly, chat and meet. It's really an action-oriented application. Mm-hmm. It's really a, a, an, an application which is very different from our competitors yeah. that are mainly uh, trying to serve better the HR structure, you have lots of back-office applications, you have lots of applications that are uh, really serving a system which actually, I believe, is broken.
0: Yeah, and and how would you define it to be broken? Are we talking about, like, is there a cost issue, efficiency issue, time issue?
1: Hmm. It's, uh, first of all, the cost issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, The cost of recruitment yearly is equivalent of um, the budget of the aerospace industry. Close to $500 billion oh per year. Oh my God, yeah. So it's, it's a very serious industry, very monetize and mm. monetized. And it's so costly because it lacks a lot of efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cost is an issue. The time spent is an issue. Average recruitment process is about six to eight weeks and sometimes up to six months, one year. Oh, wow. It happens. Very often yeah um, and
0: was that your area the aerospace is that why you, you mentioned there because I saw in your deck <laughs> that you have the aerospace
1: I, I'm, I like aeronautics I was a pilot in, uh, in the uh, French army interesting so, uh, I ch- uh, I, I'm sensitive about it but also I discovered also by chance that yeah the, the, the number of the recruiting industries is the similar. To the one of this industry,
0: uh, I think oh. ab- across the board. I mean, the aerospace definitely because of the amount of training required and the mm. licenses and the type of life, especially if you're in commercial mm. um, planes, right? Your the dependency on that security, that safety, that experience is mm. extremely important. Yeah. On the other hand, you've got all the sort of um, jet planes, those private uh, mm. plane charters. Those are where the ultra high net worth they will have their private um, mm. sort mm. of um, uh, uh, pilots. Right, and mm-hmm. uh, from that perspective, um, it's it's extremely in demand. Mm. But across the board, I think uh, other industry. If you look at um, banks, if you look mm-hmm. at um, the financial institutions, yeah. to hire top level executive, right? Mm. How I. I've had so many chats with headhunters that are in that space where they try to connect very top end executive and they would always say, oh, no, I don't think this will be disrupted because it requires so much of a human. And here you are, <laughs> hmm. Blanc, looking at that layer specifically. And I, I think th- definitely there is a lot of room for disruption in that space.
1: And actually, th- you're very right, and um, I think the field which remains to be disrupted is the people matching, and that's what we are mm. targeting. You know, in recruitment, you have the job matching, which is matching a job requirement with yep. a candidate. Yeah, and that's quite well done, and it's it requires a matching algorithm, et cetera. But and we have we have that. But the distinctive area that we have is that we're also doing the people matching, because recruiting people is not only matching their skills to requirements of the job; it's also matching people. It's a bit like love matching, actually. Oh, it kind of is. Very similar. When you meet a
0: candidate, you don't just marry them in the first. Like when you match on Tinder, you don't just marry on day one.
1: Exactly. And what headhunters are saying, and what I was, and I'm still saying is that recruitment is a matter of people matching. The problem is that automizing and disrupting this field is very difficult, and that's what we are looking at. And in the world, there are very few, and maybe we are the only one, actually looking at people matching part for recruitment. So... um, but how does
0: yeah. it wo- How does Blanc work? Because right now it's an app, and it has some AI at the back end mm-hmm. um, where it's analyzing all this data, right? Mm. And at the same time, does it? So when a candidate comes on and a company is looking as uh, uh, somebody is two candidate two people, right? You've mm-hmm. got the hiring manager and the candidate, mm-hmm. or co-founders and co-founders. When they get matched, is there a human involved f- during the introduction? Or is it 100 percent um, tech?
1: Actually, our system is 100 percent tech. Mm-hmm. The matching is fully automated, mm-hmm. and um, people, the job matching part, as we were saying, is ensured by a matching, uh, matching algorithm, yeah. a first matching algorithm, which is a content-based matching algorithm matching the requirements, like you want to work in Singapore, you match with the jobs that are in Singapore, you know, this basic matching. Yeah. That's the first step. Yeah. Then there is a second matching algorithm, which is a machine learning algorithm Con- collaborative filtering, which learns from the swiping behaviors of candidate and the recruiter. Yeah. Because um, these, um, the motivations of the candidate and the motivation of the recruiter may change during the recruitment process. And we capture that thanks to this algorithm. Mm-hmm. And then there is a third um, matching uh, tool, which is the video uh, and voice analysis okay. of the profile of the candidate and the manager to analyze their personality profile. Yeah. And this is the people matching part that we are tackling and that we're working on, which is very, very unique.
0: Yeah. Um, and
1: that's why the hiring the, 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 the headhunters and uh, say that, yeah, it's a matter of people and uh, that's what we were tackling, yeah.
0: And it, it is kind of like a human sort mm. of headhunter um, in doing that introduction, right? I mean, what do we do as humans when we try to assess? We are all pattern matching in our head. We are mm. looking at, do I understand that these particular candidates, do mm. uh, does they come from, the, and then I want to look at the other person. But we are doing it so slow, and we can capture all of the other data. But yet the machine, you now you are not only using a little sort of the quantity, data, you're, you're looking at the qualitative very data, much, data from the biometric sort of recognition, the facial recognition and the voice area as well, right? You're capturing that mm-hmm. voice.
1: So it's, a, it's, a, it's an R&D program that we're um, uh, doing together with uh, Central Superleg, which is a French leading uh, school and uh, research center in France. Mm-hmm. We are uh, owning the, the research and it's, uh, yes, aiming at analyzing this data. Now, we do all that to um, promote meetings because we are not trying to replace meetings. Of course, recruitment remains a matter of matching people. But since we're targeting hiring managers, we we want that they have only great experience when they meet somebody. And we are going to do all the possible matching pre-selection so that they meet the right guys. And as you were rightly saying, when it's done by a human being, which can be a headhunter or an internal recruiter, the, 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 the matching part is full of biases. Mm. It's not, it's uh, biases. It's that based are on guts. Exactly, but mm. guts that are guts of the recruiter mm. and guts of the hiring or, and, and the headhunter. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't care about mm. the guts. We, what we, mean, we we care about is the guts of the hiring manager.
0: Yeah, of course. So
1: we want to get this matching as soon as possible and to ensure that the experience is good we do this pre-matching uh, part which is fully automized yes.
0: so based on, based on that what you just said is essentially I mean you at from now onwards like since you're collecting all this data and they're quanti- you're com- uh, converting the qualitative into quantitative right including all the facial and the voice and everything so if you put two people together and something goes wrong right in the past They were just like calling the headhunter and they would be like, you know, I didn't like the candidate. I don't know why you put me in front of them. And they'd be like, you know, but then a thousand things could have happened. It could have been like, while getting to that meeting, they were hit by every single red light. And so when they got there, they were in a bit of a pissy mood, right? Mm. Or it could also be like, they just had a very bad hair day, right? You never, you don't know. But now that you have everything sort of recorded and the data is is in the system, you can go back and say, I get that you didn't have a good meeting. But look, based on these reasons, that is why we think you are, are, are a great match.
1: That's very true. But there is a second part, which mm-hmm. is also the process. We involved the hiring manager very, very early in the process. Mm-hmm. So the hiring manager is part of the decision-making very early. So he's not in the mindset of blaming. Yeah. As it is often the case, a head-enter, any head knows that. Yeah, there is a wrong recruitment. We blame you because you chose the wrong guy. No, the hiring manager is part of the process, is involved. Now, we are monitoring the performance of yeah. our selection. And it's true that after the, the, the um, trial period, we are going back to the hiring manager and say, oh, how is it going? Yeah. And up to now, we have 97% success rate, So, which is a normal success rate in a very structured company is about 70%. So we reached 97%, which is quite exceptional. And uh, we want to maintain this very high level of performance. Um, But for sure, we have this follow-up because our objective is that the hiring manager and the candidate are performing together on the long run.
0: Well, I, I also think, like, I mean, since you're already collecting data just for the initial sort of matchmaking process, right, how hard it is to in your in your future phases where you know in the scalable scalability front to essentially be able to give the not just hiring manager but like the the HR department some of the preferences things that they wouldn't even know mm. and I, we often talk about when we are advising um, business founders what do you do to incentivize your staff to stay with you and join you beyond the dollar sign right because most people. There's a lot of people motivated by money, but there's also a lot of people that are not motivated by money. They're motivated by other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think you're, you know, AI, if anybody can do that, would be sort of a big data um, system that will be able to keep track of all of this.
1: Actually, behind all this work of matching together a hiring manager with a candidate very early, we want to place the hiring manager at the center of the talent acquisition process in order to make him be even more responsible and be involved in the recruitment because that is a guarantee for him to be behave yeah. later on as a true manager actually it's a development process yeah. and most of um, we have lots of references in large groups like Capgemini Siemens um, that are transforming the talent acquisition process and most of these top organizations are trying to place the hiring managers as early as possible. Yeah. In those, so that's a mega trend in, in talent acquisition world. Yeah. And we are totally in the heart of this mega trend. So for scalability, we are quite confident that um, our vision is in line with yeah. this mega trend. And we're working with large groups that are international. So their needs is quite wide and global. So we believe we can scale thanks to our clients' Uh, this way,
0: so being a headhunter yourself for yeah. so many years, what do you anticipate? I mean, I'm sure you, if you, you've already deployed the the, the yeah, product, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and there are users already yes. uh, in the yes. market. Um, what is the pushback that you've received from the headhunters and you being a headhunter yourself?
1: Mm. Actually, there is more curiosity, okay, and um, from from headhunters. And our clients are mainly corporates, okay. So we don't interact all the time i interact with them because i know them for quite a while they are very curious and they are trying to see how they could integrate our services to their own yep. job because there is something that we are not automizing, which is the consulting aspect the really add value mm. part of so now they
0: can t- do more meaningful exactly. jobs with their exactly. rather than sit there and look exactly. at like all the matrix and try exactly. to understand yeah, and, and
1: same thing for the recruiters the corporate recruiters. It's exactly the same. They've been told to be business partners for a long time ago. Now they can. Yeah. And we give them the tools, the the the, the, the tools to become genuine business partners.
0: Is, is This is the, the classic example that I always bring up, right? If I went to my doctor and do is it realistic for me to expect my doctor to have all the latest results on like the cures, all of the latest sort of um analysis strategies? No, mm-hmm. but I would expect my doctor to, um, and to empathize with my discoloration of my skin, to look at my face and, and mm-hmm. see how much pain I am in. But I would hope my doctor to be assisted by something or somebody that would have all the latest cure and all the latest solution. Mm-hmm. And this is where I see Blanc plays mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think Blanc is necessarily a replacement for headhunter with anything. It's going to empower headhunters to do their jobs more meaningfully because what mm-hmm. they do is to, to you know, serve their customers.
1: And as long as we're rec- people are recruiting people, yeah, um, there will be need for this human touch and we want to promote this, but this uh, mechanic and very time-consuming job, uh, which is uh, which is done right now by headhunters and recruiter, yeah. we can now optimize that, and we are doing it. Yeah.
0: You also, I mean, is, something is interesting that Blong, it's approaching it, the matching strategy is more people to people rather yes. than people to company. Yeah. Could you explain yeah. that a little bit?
1: There is a... And that's from my experience. Yeah. Um, we, we, we have always the choice when we do a recruitment to try to find the right match between a candidate and a manager or a candidate and an organization. Of course, it's quite tempting to try to find the right match with the organization, the values, but at the end of the day, it's really your direct manager that you're going to interact with, which is the key person Sometimes there are two, but at least there is a human being behind behind the process. So we took the choice, okay. the decision to focus on uh, the people. The people.
0: Okay. Do they do they get to like in terms of the people? Is it only always one person to one person, or could it be multiple people to one person?
1: So uh, we integrate HR and we integrate multiple people in a collaborative tool uh, to assist the hiring manager in the decision making, but The focal point and the decision maker remains the hiring manager. So we have collaborative tool, internal chat tools to share um, impressions. Oh, why did you uh, not select this guy? The HR can say, try to understand why this Mm. person has not been selected and try to know. So you have collaborative, but at the end of the day, it's still the hiring manager, which is at the front seat. And
0: essentially the main person that has to be responsible for hiring. And it's very
1: rare. In most most, um, recruitment processes, you have a very lengthy Mm pre-selection and then the hiring manager arrives at the end. And very often, the hiring manager is disappointed and then you have to restart the recruitment. That's why it's so costly and so frustrating for everybody, for the ones who did the pre-selection and for the manager himself. That's what is broken. Absolutely. High, and and for years it's been like that and now it's it's really not sustainable anymore
0: it was also it, it is at the current system also very hard to scale cuz you only have so much energy and so much time to really assess yeah, um, yeah. on around the, and if, if the headhunter you know on a human capacity funnels you just because there's a device both money um like 10 a day then it you wasting your time as well
1: mm. so so headhunters are interested in our system Mm. Uh, it's not it was not our primary target at the beginning but yes it's very valuable to, for them too
0: right um so i want to take a look just uh, back at your deck um and we you know looking at the app itself has the i, I want to understand because you you bought the app right you bought the technology from mm. somebody how much of it has actually changed them and um, being sort of changed around because you, you were you were you were essentially captivated by the initial um, sort of design. Has it changed? or was it, it, it remained similar?
1: The the core idea, which is the Tinder-like style, has been kept, and many 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 other things have been created. So all the um, Artificial intelligence part is of course new. Yeah. Um, there has also been this uh, collaborative tool that I was talking about, which is totally new. Yeah. And uh, the video, um, the video profiling analysis of profiles is new. And what is also um, uh, quite new is the business model that we built, um, which is aiming at, um, at transforming the recruitment process at our clients. Okay. So. Um, we spent about um, the, the, the the first year to reengineer the yeah. platform and also to build a sustainable model with a business model which is based on paper hire and also subscription and mm-hmm. uh, which helps us uh, gain revenue cash right now. It didn't exist before, and that's why um these uh, students felt that oh. That was quite tough. And it was not like Tinder, you know, a kind of viral yeah. uh, system because you were dealing with businesses and businesses are often lagging behind and they don't adopt change so quickly. Yeah. So we rebuild the tool, the platform, we build the R&D, but we build also this business model um, to acquire clients.
0: It also says, I mean, in this slide, you're saying that it's a SaaS business model. Yeah. I'm assuming it's because of the data that you're collecting. Yes. Um, and essentially, that data will be of some value at some point in time where yeah. you'll be able to pro- provide um, degrees, even if you don't do the matching. That data is already valuable because you are providing some sort of analytics to under- for, for the people that are looking to hire to understand what is out there, right? Mm-hmm.
1: And one of our defensibility on the market is the level of uh, in-depth knowledge we have, the data we have about the users. And we protect it in a very rigorous way through Mm -hmm. the GDPR. It's uh, uh, the European uh, Regulation for Data Protection. Um, So, yes, we have a very high level of uh, uh, intimate uh, understanding of the users, uh, which was quite unique in this kind of app.
0: That is actually my next question because um, obviously now with GDPR and mm. all the data security, um, how do you guys treat that? Because data, it whether it's data, whether it's digital or it's offline, it's, it's data. So GDPR is encompasses everything across the board. How how has that impacted, or has it actually benefited your business?
1: I mean, we we are very. Um I mean, it's my CTO, also, who's taking care of these uh, security uh, yes. uh, subjects, and we are uh, we want to be uh, um, uh, we want to be at top level on this uh, subject. So we are uh, controlled and audited mm-hmm. in France by uh, external services to uh, assess our uh, rigorous. Uh, but it's, it's an ongoing challenge uh, challenge because also the regulation is changing. Very, very fast and regularly, oh, yeah. especially in France, which is extremely sensitive about the, the protection of the users and uh, data users.
0: I think as cloud computing um, started becoming more of an application and an area where where a lot of the sort of data has been stored, and the, is for one time, we're not storing information in, mm. in our servers, right? Yeah. Off chain servers. Mm. So that allowed a whole different layer of concern. I, I, as well as a whole different bunch of opportunities. And in this case, for example, for AI, right, it allowed the computational power to really manage large amount of data at a much more quantum computing Mm -hmm. speed process. Whereas on the the sort of security and, um or confidentiality front that was mm. the major concern of why GDPR mm. is sort of mm. put in place. Uh, you guys but coming from France, you will be hit directly. No, but it, but for
1: instance, we have French clients that want the data to be uh, localized in uh, in Europe. Oh, they, okay. They, they, yeah, they, 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 it's part of the requirements.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you get a lot of? Does the app now seize a lot of sort of cross border uh, connections where people are trying to hire from outside their country?
1: Um. So we are working with um. Lot of MNCs and startups, yeah. but MNCs yes are immediately requiring us to do recruitments all over the, the, the all over the place in theory, but we are focusing on uh, Asia and Southeast Asia. So from Singapore, we are serving mainly uh, countries like Indonesia, Thailand, and um, so our our clients right now, even though they are multinational, they use us really mainly for Asia. For Asia mainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and we want to grow our business in southeast asia
0: do you think there will be a need in the future to sort of translate the app or is is already translated
1: it's it's very easy we we built it so that it's easy to translate now our clients are as i said they are english speakers they are MNCs, and are mainly we are recruiting people that are salaries between 70k uh, Sing dollar up to uh, 250 300k Sing dollar. So most of them have to speak English and be very international savvy.
0: What is actually the more the executive level and above, right? It's
1: it's white colors. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's our positioning. So, so yes. uh, In the future, we can localize, but right now, it's still uh, still okay as it is. Is it is in English?
0: Would you ever consider sort of going towards less of the sort of executive? Um, layer and and some sort of modify the technology to look at like the 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 broader mass, yeah. um, because I'm thinking like technology, the big power of using using uh, technology versus human is the ability to really scale, mm. and that in terms of numbers, the people that can pay and want to save costs are essentially the the mass, mm. right?
1: Yeah, but the, the salaries I was talking about, you know, is is it addresses the early career. Uh, When you're in a Python developer or data scientist, you quickly have a salary, which is in the range I was talking about. So it's, it's white colors, but even early, early career. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. And um I want to refer back to your deck again just just to um take a look at um I mean with your business model right now is uh monthly subscription or annual subscription.
1: So both it's uh, paper hire so the digital what we call the digital executive search mm-hmm. uh which which is an A from A to Z service for Uh, executive search, and we pay um, when the candidate is hired. Okay. And we charge, sorry, when the candidate is hired. And the other um, model is subscription fees when there are multiple recruitments. And uh, we pay, um, so it's monthly subscription depending on the volume of the recruitment. Cool.
0: Um, you also have a huge team. I mean, according to this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, huge
1: and uh, highly, highly qualified. Yeah. It's super highly qualified.
0: And you have a co-founder that is in Singapore, yes. and then you, and your CTO is in France. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And we have um, so three uh, web developers and three data scientists Mm. and um, the other people the six uh, business developers are really business developers that are uh, experienced hr business developers that have been our profiles so they are able to convey the message i was conveying
0: and you also have to have people that are like out there talking to the businesses talking to looking for the candidates right how much marketing do you like do you go to market how much of that hustle did you have to go through
1: But what I discovered coming from the headhunting industry where we were mostly into business development, you know, uh, I was almost knocking at doors and things like that. It's really physical business development. That was a sales role, right? Very sales role. Um, Here we are in a business where marketing is a key, key Mm. aspect in our business uh, with um, means that are limited. I mean, we are still a startup. We don't have a huge push strategy marketing. Yeah. but we have a very um, strong strategy, pool marketing strategy. Yeah. So we design the application and we are still refining the application and the platform mm-hmm. to generate the network effect, to generate um, virality, engagement, retention through means that are uh, we are always always being on. And uh, my co-founder is really into this uh, digital marketing field. And she's supporting uh, extremely well on this subject.
0: And at what is stage is the app right now? Because you mentioned there was still a lot of... Have You've passed beyond the beta stage and its oh, yeah. re- revenue yeah, yeah, is yeah. generating.
1: We are making revenue, we are reaching profitability, mm-hmm. a even, uh, But now we need to go to the next stage, which is really the high growth stage. Yep. We made an effort to be able to sustain... Um, with our means we didn't want to be dependent on raising funds, raising fund for the sake of raising funds now we're looking for a genuine partner mm-hmm. who will help us uh connect open doors exactly yeah. and stay with us till the next round so um and we want to be able to survive also yeah. with our own means so that was tough to build that's what we built yeah. and uh, so our stage is that uh, yeah we have um, we have clients we have 5000 matches we have 200 clients we have uh, a, a very significant international database and an application which is running but uh, we want to do um uh, millions and to transform uh, the recruitment yep. world, which is uh, our main ambition.
0: And you, you, you mentioned that you are at this current point raising funds. Um, at what round are you? What would be considered mm. the current round, and um, how much is that?
1: It's. It's typically, uh, C pre-Series A, and we're looking at 1 million for 2019. Mm-hmm. And over the next three years, we're thinking about 6 million, uh, to raise 6 million. At a later stage, right? Yes. yes, a. yes.
0: Okay. And, uh, and that 1 million will be essentially used for? Southeast where? Asia.
1: Okay. Southeast Asia, marketing, uh, R&D also improvements, and uh, HR and uh, recruiting. Yeah, because we need also to and I also apply, apply our <laughs> tools to ourselves. <laughs> put
0: your where your mouth, put your money where your mouth is. But essentially, you would that money will essentially allow you to really go and reach out to the businesses, reach mm. out to um, educate the platform, mm. um, and essentially to, you know engage the all of the sort of different regions across mm. Asia where mm. we speak so many languages, exactly and different cultures,
1: exactly. And uh, so get candidates, acquire candidates, acquire clients. And um, evangelizing, because yeah. we are very new. Very few people talk about recruitment as we do. So we need to evangelize. What I trust is that these, as we said at the beginning, the big HR trends are in our favor. Yeah. The big HR trends, which is automation, AI, but also this uh, uncertainty yeah. is very unpredictable. So we need to bring tools that um, bring the hiring manager at the center of process because we need agility, lots of agility in right. new recruitment processes. Mm. And, um, and bringing this hiring manager with simple tools uh, in transforming the process is one solution. Yeah, I mean,
0: educating that education yes. process uh, is you know going beyond sort of the the product layer. I right? you mm. the that education process is where right now with the new race will really help you sort of mm. amplify across mm. different parts of Asia. So. We are. This has been a fantastic chat and getting to know. I always love having people on the show that you know are working on AI, are passionate about, and have the subject expertise in those areas. Um, I just have one more question before we end the show. Um, so, if our listeners want to reach out to you. Because obviously on our platform we have investors we've got uh, people that are looking for positions also strategic partnerships and you mentioned that you're looking for investors and strategic partners, um, how can they reach you?
1: So of course they can visit our website which is uh, mm-hmm. blonk.co, b l o n C-O. and uh, they can address me directly. My name is Vincent. Mm-hmm. My address: Vincent at C-O.
0: Fantastic and. Um, yeah, this has been a fantastic time chatting with you about Thanks, it was AI. a really great pleasure. <laughs> time flies, isn't it? it no, it's, feel it's like... very,
1: very great, very nice.
0: Fantastic. Oh, great. So, uh, Vincent, um, I look forward to having you in the show in a couple of months' time. Um, good luck on your race. And this is the Asia Tech Podcast. I'm Gustavo Leo, and thank you for listening.
1: You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.